We've been talking about not allowing emotions to drive the ship, to, to be the, the pilot of your car, to be the pilot of your life. So let's just dive in today because we all have those days that we feel more emotional than others. I didn't ever get what you, you okay, it, we'll do it at the end. Okay, Jennifer uh, Hawkins has a, has a word that she wanted to type out beforehand. So be, everybody make sure that we get to hear that word before we go today. Um, but we have more, who here has more emotional days some days than others? Who could say your spouse does? Yeah, right. And there's so many reasons why. Maybe you didn't sleep well. Maybe it's what you ate the night before. Have you ever had somebody say, man, I had the weirdest dreams. And, and, and sometimes I'm, I'm one that doesn't always over-spiritualize things. Sometimes they're like, man, I feel like this is, this is, what was, this is what's going on and all this stuff. And I'm like, what'd you eat last night? What'd you do last night? I stayed up all night and watched scary movies. Oh, sleep on it again. See, see what you get tomorrow. Uh, but how many of you know, we, sometimes we don't sleep well or we don't, we don't eat the right things or our blood sugar gets off or maybe you were allergic or the occasional emotional day about something, something that's just kind of eating at us. Sometimes we feel emotional because something upset us the day before and we didn't resolve it. Anybody carry emotions from day to day? Yeah. We're guilty of stuffing things down inside rather than dealing with them. And if you're a person who avoids confrontation, you can have a soul full of unresolved conflict pressed down deep in, in your being. Anybody got that? And you never get closure. And if you don't ever get closure or deal with that, you can never get back to fully being whole. You're full of other stuff. Uh, Elizabeth and I, we, we had made a decision uh, early on in our marriage not to go to bed angry. Well, I can tell you, we haven't always done that. There's been a handful, maybe two handfuls. We've been married quite a while. Probably more than one hand. And it's usually not her, it's me. I'm one that really doesn't mind to just, let's just throw down. Let's just get it over with, regardless of the wake we live, I leave behind. But sometimes I will just shut down and I just don't want to talk anymore. And that's never healthy because the next day I get up and I feel pretty decent, but I haven't dealt with it. And it will always come back. It's always there waiting for that stomach bug to hit to vomit back out. I'm literally not kidding. We had a stomach bug go through a couple of us in the household this last week. Isn't that a glorious experience? Yeah, we share with family. Yeah. Well, two of us, it was very strange. Uh, one of my children and myself, and I, I rarely get sick, but we got sick within the same hour. Which in our, my, our 20, however many years of marriage, that's never happened. Of our six people, it's usually staggered. But we both got hit right at the same time. If you feel unusually sad or you're carrying a heavy burden and you don't understand, can I give you a little bit of wisdom? Ask God. Ask the Lord what's going on with this situation before you start assuming things. Go to the Lord before you start. How many of you assume the worst? Yep. 
I know you do, and one raised their hand, but all of you are thinking, yeah, kind of. It's amazing that simply by asking God for an answer and being willing to face any truth that he may reveal to us about our behavior, it's amazing what kind of breakthrough we can experience. Sometimes we feel emotional because somebody has done something to us or because of unpleasant circumstances. But at other times, we can feel that way because of something we did wrong and ignored. Psalm chapter 32, verse 3. This is from the Amplified. When I kept silent, before I confessed, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long. Just pray this morning that somehow the word will penetrate your heart, penetrate beyond your feelings and your, even your hurt, and that truth could just be awakened in your spirit. This morning's uh, uh, worship, I, d- I didn't really even realize it until we started doing these songs during service, it was about death coming to life and about how good God is. So I just, I just pray this morning that the dead would come alive. Because if you, have, if you have a long history of out of balance emotional behavior, there can be a lot of issues to face. Maybe even long standing problems that go all the way back to your childhood. Now this is not my backdoor attempt to try to hit aces and to go back through the same thing we've already done. But the Lord has taken us back around to revisit the fact that we may be carrying things that he wants to deal with. Jesus gives us the first principle to remember when trying to have stable emotional health and behavior. Very simple. You all know the scripture. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Without confrontation of painful issues from the past, it is impossible to go forward healthy. Many who experience trauma may, con- may kick into a survival mode, white-knuckle life, not realizing the root of their problem is still in their soul. It can affect you pers- your personality and how you deal with everyone and your life around you. How many of you know that when you have a problem, a lot of times that's filtered through your relationships? Even the ones that weren't a part of it. I know Elizabeth has had, effect, uh, had been affected by certain external circumstances, but it so affected her, it affected me and her. And I'm like, what did I do? Well, you didn't do anything. Well, it feels like I did. Well, you didn't. Now, she's never spoke like that. She's not ever that way. But you get my point. There's something wrong. What is it? Can we navigate into this thing? Most of the time, I'm like, I don't want to navigate into that. That, Don't deal with that. No, we need to talk about this. Okay. You have to begin your journey of healing by willing to look at the inside. Listen to me. Rather than blaming somebody else. Blaming will not get you freedom. It'll get you the opposite. It'll get you in bondage. I believe blaming and bondage go together. We even have to stop blaming the people who hurt us and the people, listen to this, who did not help us. 
even though what they did or didn't do to help was the source of the problem and the reason why this emotional behavior is erratic rather than stable, we have to take responsibility and make changes that are needed to us. Remember, blaming doesn't do any good and it does not help you enjoy freedom. God wants to help you, but you have to ask him and be willing to let him make some changes. You have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit change our deepest, darkest places. And you know what? A lot of times, these deep, dark, emotional pains take years to heal. It is not a poof and done. Sometimes we get those kind of breakthroughs, but most of the time, we have to walk these things out. Hurting people hurt people. And what's happened to you doesn't have to define you. Your past cannot control your future unless you allow it. Amen. Your past cannot control your future unless you let it. God has a future planned for you. And your past, even though it's part of your walk, doesn't control that. I want you to know, as long as I follow the Lord, He's in control of my future. But He will allow me to grab back hold of it and tank myself if I so choose. Elizabeth shared this morning about, uh, give me just a second. There. Um, I was going to fight it the whole service. Elizabeth shared about how uh, her getting her master's and the other teachers recognizing her 18 hours and that door starting to open, even though it was terrible pay, um, but it was a door. I don't know if you saw that as what she was saying, but it was a door that the Lord was opening to her that she had to walk through. And then she and I sat down and talked about vision and she stated what she wanted to do. And God made that work. Now, I want you to know, God did not do it all. She worked her butt off, went through challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge, still going through challenges that felt like we could have these moments of, it's over. She had moments of, it's over. And I'm over here on the side going, no, it's not. No, it's over. No, we can do this. This No, be quiet. It's over. Okay. I'm going to be over here cheering you on quietly and praying because it's not over, but that's all she could see. I want you to know God's got a plan for you, but it's going to take you putting the plow to the ground. God doesn't plow the ground. You do. God doesn't plant the seeds. You do. He supplies you the seed to plant. And when you plant the seed, you have no control over the seed. Why? Because you didn't create the seed. God created the seed. He will make the seed do what the seed does. Not you. 
You work it. You pull the weeds. You get the varmints away from it. You fight them off. We don't just let the varmints kill everything and, oh, God doesn't like me anymore. No. You fight those things off as God teaches you how to nourish and how to supply what your things need. Elizabeth kept working and kept working. She had these potty mouth moments of, I don't like what's going on. But then she got back up and got back to work. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make you look stupid at all. You're the opposite of stupid. But we have these moments of emotion and if we let it, she could have tanked her career and gone in a different direction, told tech to stick it and gone in a different, but she didn't. God had a plan. It was not clear. God gave a word to Joseph that he was going to be over his brothers and over his dad and over the nation. And then he went to jail for years God has a plan, but we cannot allow our emotions to drive. Man, that was a, quite the segue. You can recover from your past pain, from things that have been done to you and mistakes that have been made, but it is going to require an investment of time on your part. If you continue to invest in your misery, you are going to reap misery. You can begin to invest in your healing. If you will invest in, you must invest something in your life because it will pay dividends. God's kingdom is a seed, time, and harvest. You will reap what you sow. It is a law that you cannot break. You can't break that law. You may think you can. You may think you can plant bad seeds and God will still bless you with good stuff. It doesn't work that way. You plant good seeds, you'll reap good rewards. You do God's way, you'll reap, you will reap God's way. Always. Doesn't mean storms won't come. Doesn't mean plagues won't come. I mean, I just uh, drove by our business, uh, our car wash, and all the shrubs are dead. Have you seen them? And I'm like, do those grow back? Since they're brown, will they come back? I don't, I don't think they've ever been brown in the 25 years we've been there. I think they're dead. God doesn't love me anymore. My shrubs died. Now, life happens. Dig them up, dig up the dead, put in the life. That's a sermon right there. Toss the dead, replant, re-sow. I'm going to give you a quote from Joyce Meyer, who was sexually abused by her father. She said, One of the ways God taught me to deal with the past was by confessing his, capital his, promises instead of talking about how I felt. I remember one time standing in front of the mirror and saying something like this out loud. My parents did not really love me and they never will simply because they don't know how to. But God does love me and I do not have to spend my life mourning over something I can't do anything about. 
That is a deep quote of deep hurt. She continued on to say, I will not waste my life trying to get something for my parents that they will never know how to give me. The fact that they abused me was not my fault. I was a victim, victim, but I will not remain one. I will be healthy emotionally and whole in my soul. God is helping me, and every day I am making progress. Now, do you not think that she has moments of wanting to crawl back in a hole and hide? I bet it's daily. You can't have that kind of emotional trauma with your parents and it not really affect you. But you can see she is continually walking this thing out. Listen to me. Your future has no room for your past. And I encourage you, don't get stuck in a moment or a time frame in your life that's over. Don't get stuck in a moment of your life that's over. Most of us, the situations we've walked through are over. Don't get stuck living there. Millions of people miss it today because they refuse to let go. To let go of the past or they worry about the future. Can I tell you, you can't control either. Let go. God is a redeemer. God is a restorer. We sang this morning. It was such an incredible song. I like it so much because I feel like it's vertical. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that's who you are. You are a redeemer. You are a restorer. You are a forgiver. You are a savior. You save me. That's who you are. And it gives you great pleasure to do what you do for me. Psalm 23. You guys all know this one. This is from the Amplified again. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the path of righteousness, uprightness, right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. When it says that he makes us lie down and leads us beside still waters, it reminds me of coming to the place where we finally stop running from the, fa- the, the past and finally decide to face it and to let him have it. Let God have my past. We spend time in God's word and his presence learning that he has offered us a new life, one that's filled with the wholeness of our spirits and minds and will and emotion receiving a healthy and restored soul, spirit. And you know what? When you receive an emotionally um, healthy soul and spirit, you know what happens to your physical body? It starts to heal. When When you're tore up inside emotionally, mentally, your exterior will show it. We get, when we get healthy inside, 
we get healthy outside. No matter how many times we see doctors or take medicine, we may be dealing with the symptoms rather than getting to the root of the problem. I had talked years ago about um, rejection, a spirit of rejection and how these things get down deep in us and, and wound us. And uh, one of the teachers that I've studied over my life, his name's Derek Prince, he has since passed away, but a very big part of the, um, the charismatic renewal back in the 70s and 80s, uh, the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, but he had once talked about how letting rejection or any of these wounds, these emotional wounds get down deep is like shrapnel that gets into a, 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 um, a military person and it gets down deep in their body. And if you're not careful, you will just dress the wound, sew back up, but leave the shrapnel down deep in there. And you will feel better for a while. The outside of the body will even start to heal and it'll look like things are fine. Until infection sets in, until things that it's cutting into starts failing, and all of a sudden you've just got a major problem. And until that wound is opened up, dug around, pulled out, cleaned up, and sewed back up, it is not going to heal. And what happens is with our emotional damage that we have, sometimes we may take a pill or may go to a self-help course and we don't deal with the problem. Self-help courses are great. Some pills usually are okay. That's borderline. I don't know what you're taking, but be careful. But if you don't get that thing out, you're going to be back here again. And for the sake of your marriage, for the sake of your family, for your sake, let the Lord do a little bit of emotional surgery on you. He's good at it. And He is full of mercy and grace. So many times we share things with even other believers and they come off judgmental and stupid. Give godly responses, church. Pray before you respond. Because you may just be making things worse. God equips us with his Holy Spirit to help people get out from under these things. Not pile, pile on to them. Sometimes the church is the worst ones. Oh, you need to just suck that up and get back after it. You need to pray more. No. I need help. I need help. Help me. Help me. Let me end with this. Life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. The world is full of injustices. People go to jail all the time for things they didn't do. Children die, spouses die, husbands and wives are sometimes unfaithful and wives are battered. We face issues of homelessness and starvation and disasters, natural disasters and unspeakable injustices. But in the midst of it all, Jesus is beautiful and he is a God of justice. Life isn't fair, but God is. He heals the brokenhearted and their wounds and their bruises. We may not know why things happen to us, 
God does. God knows. We can know his love, his forgiveness, his mercy. And when we're sad and emotionally distraught, one of the very simple yet profound things that helps is this. Look at and be thankful for the good things God has done around you. Elizabeth's been talking for the last two or three weeks in Sunday school about being thankful. If you will turn your heart from the bitter, angry things that you are at to the good things that God is doing, I want you to know not only will that change your atmosphere because it says, put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness will go when you start praising the Lord, but God will start dealing with your heart. When you turn your heart to the Lord, he'll start doing surgery on those things in you. He may bring them up and you're like, oh God, let's not talk about that. And God will be like, okay, keep praising me. Can we talk about it now? No, not ready. Okay. How about now? Okay. But that hurts God. I know, I know that hurts. And it really does hurt what you're going to realize is that the Lord's hurting with you. He's with you. We wind up asking that question, God, where were you when this happened? And let him answer you. Because even though things happen, God's with you. And they hurt. And you can recover. Fully restored, redeemed, healed, healthy, strong, effective, amazing. You. Pastor, you don't know what I've got in my past. I don't, but God does. And God restores people like that every day. Not only does he do that, he gave everything for you to be healed. He gave everything. He gave everything. When we're hurting emotionally, it's easy to think we'll never recover. But I want to tell you again, don't get stuck in a moment of time. Maybe you've not had a good start to life, but I promise you. Maybe you haven't had a good start to life, but I promise you, you can have a good finish. Isn't that good? Oh, man, I about fell down. Do you care to come up here? So when we were starting worship, um, every now and then, like, I just get this little picture, and it's just nice, and sometimes I ask God, like, does this mean something? And um, today, what I saw was just, like, everybody in the congregation getting this, like, crown, these gorgeous jewels, and I was like, what is that? Do you have a verse to go with that, God? And he was like, no. I was like, okay, well, it's really pretty. <laughs> and um, the more we, the, we were singing, and uh, singing a new one, this just kind of unfolded, and... Um, I have to say, it was really funny when I came out and saw the, the title of the message is Who Are You? I wrote this in the side room before I walked out. Um, God is showing us a brand new identity, crown and jewels, but pride has to die, 
And then false humility, which is pride in disguise, is just as harmful. And it makes you forget whose you are. It's going to pour out like new wine. The crushing and the pressing we feel is easily a distraction. The tough things in our life are there, and we aren't supposed to ignore them, but God's wanting to bring us out of this survival mode. He wants us to know that whatever you feel like you're lacking in your needs or your safety, your protection, your provision, he's already got it covered. He's calling each of us to step out in faith beyond the crushing and the pressing survival mode. Don't focus there, it's done. Praise him, live in gratitude for what is coming, keep going, there's so much better. And I didn't share all this with Cody, I just showed him the first line and pointed to the message and he passed me his phone and this is the scripture that God had already laid on his heart. Yeah, so I was reading this uh, before Sunday school this morning, this is uh, Song of Solomon chapter two, uh, starts with verse 11. And I thought about this when Pastor Paul was talking about working the soul and um, his trees dying at the car wash and this, this kind of thing, but it says, uh, the season has changed, the bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. Uh, verse 14 says, For you are my dove hidden in the slit open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. And this is talking about the varmints. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Amen. Thank you. Uh, go ahead and stay. Stay. Worship team, y'all come on up. We're going to do something a little different as we exit. We're going to finish with a, a, a song to just, um, uh, just to praise the Lord before we go. But I want to encourage you if you, don't, if you don't know the Lord, maybe you're away from the Lord. Come back. Uh, we read about the prodigal son that left, taking his inheritance, wasting it all, and then realizing I was better off with, with dad. Even if dad will only take me back as a servant, I'm better off there. And we find that the dad has been looking for him every day, waiting for him to come back. I want to encourage you. If you've never, never come to the Lord, come. All it, sa it says very basically that if you will just confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. It says all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Can we not make this too difficult? Call on him. Ask him for help. Start following him. If you've moved away from him, move back. Move back. Stand up with us. We're going to sing one song as we go. You're going to know it. But let's just make a decision right here just to worship the Lord and to give him our emotions. Give him those, those hurt areas because he's way better at it than we are. Amen? Amen.